Hi, welcome again to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of August 31. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing agency that puts out the podcast. And I'm joined by uh, Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. And Jackie Ritako, account coordinator at Interval. How you doing, guys? I'm all right. I'm allergy ridden, but other than that, I can't complain. Allergy ridden? <laughs> That sucks, doesn't it? It's that's just got to be awful. It certainly does. It's that time of year. I always know when the state fair is rolling around that that's when it's gonna going to be the worst. You're allergic to the state fair? I, yeah, crowds. I think. <laughs> yes. Who isn't? My gosh, I've been hearing horror stories about the crowds and the traffic. Yeah. I live right by the state fair, so I witness it firsthand, and it's not fun. Yeah. I'll be checking it out on Thursday. I always feel compelled to go. I feel obligated to go, I, I should say, as a, as, a, as a Minnesotan. It's like you have to go to the State Fair. Dude, I consider myself a Minnesotan, and I feel no such obligation. <laughs> I don't either, really. I haven't been why in like f- five years. Why do you feel this obligation? I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've always, I think almost every year of my lifetime that I can recall, I've I've, I've gone. Whether it was growing okay. up, going with my family, um, working in healthcare, working for North Memorial, I was uh, working at the fair quite often in, in our the big booth they have out there. So I don't yeah. know. It's always it's always been like something I've done. I think there was a year that I didn't go, and I felt I felt like I missed, <laughs> like you'd let like Minnesota I missed down. something. Like I let Minnesota <laughs> down. Now you were you were born in Minnesota, though, right, Adam? Yeah. Yep. And Jackie, you weren't. You were from Wisconsin. Right? No, I just went to school in Wisconsin. I was born oh, here. Oh, <laughs> so, so my my theory didn't work. I wasn't born here, so maybe that's why. I mean, I grew up in Iowa, and we have a better state fair, sorry, than Minnesota. <laughs> Re- Whatever. Uh, exhaustive research has proven that our butter cow far superior to anything that Minnesota has to offer. Did you like, see? Oh yeah, did you see? Did you see Conan O'Brien the other night with the uh, white chocolate that. cast of his head with bacon hair? We'll have, to, yes. we'll have to find a YouTube clip. We'll put that in the show notes. But uh, <laughs> it was were, gross, funny, and impressive all at the same time. And there was a Facebook uh, poll. I believe it was Iowa, the Iowa State Fair, where they were going to do a uh, butter sculpture of Michael Jackson as oh, tribute. I heard something about that at our State Fair, too, but they said no. Or maybe that was the Iowa State Fair. I think they, they were going to do it for whatever reason. I don't know why you wouldn't if that's not seen as a great tribute I to the man. There was some reason. Yeah, <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly is. All right, uh, let's let's dig in. I'm going to share a story. This is for uh, all the people out there. In the before we get going on some real stuff, people with kids will just nod their heads. And but this is mainly for Adam, so he can have this to look forward to. <laughs> as we're we're all remote on our podcast recording, I'm actually out of my home office this morning or this afternoon already. Good gravy. And and I'm setting up on the dining room table, and I move a pad of paper, and underneath it is a pile of Frosted Flakes dust, <laughs> which came from my son, who poured his cereal yesterday. And as I watched him pour it, he's just utterly oblivious to the fact that half of this stuff is going right outside the bowl. <laughs> and he's at the bottom of the box where you get more dust and particles than, like, full flakes. Right. And part. so, yeah, oh no, gross. And I told him, like, <laughs> you got to clean that up. You know, half of it's going on the floor, half's going on the table. And so he, you know, proceeds to faux clean it up. 
until today I find a hidden pile under a... <laughs> This is an 11-year-old boy, by the way. I don't know if it was intentional or (laughs) uh, he just inadvertently did that, but this is is the joys of being a parent, Adam, that you can look forward to that. I think I had um, my sister-in-law had a nice story about uh, finding... Oh, it's pizza crusts and chicken nuggets and toast and all sorts of stuff behind their living room sofa. Because when they would when they would tell their son to finish his meal, he would take it and t- dump it behind the sofa. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's even a little better. At least mine occurred on the be. dining room table. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You have that's that to funny. look forward to. Yes. Yeah. All right. There so might let's be some dive grown adults so- that do that though too. You think? No. I, I don't know who you're born. <laughs> okay, never mind. We'll end it there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead, not. Chris. No, that's okay. Uh, we're going to talk about something we usually don't talk about. It's very rare we talk about uh, current client work, our own work. There's a couple of reasons for that. One is the competitive nature of what we do doesn't allow us usually to dive into something until well after it's done. Uh, but also, we just don't think that's appropriate for this podcast. We don't want to use this as a vehicle to promote ourselves or talk about us. Uh, but there is a, an initiative that just launched on Thursday for one of our clients that we've worked with them on that we thought would be great to share because it's for a terrific cause. Uh, and it's it's for LifeSource as the client. So they are the organ procurement organization for Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, and parts of Wisconsin. And what that means is they are the nonprofit entity who's responsible for managing organ transplants in that area and also has the responsibility of trying to raise the number of people who register to be organ and tissue donors. It's a really important cause. Uh, basically, the only way you can get a lot of these organs are folks who pass away. They're registered as donors, and then they can use those uh, organs for people that really need them and would die without them. And that's what's tragic about all this is I think the list now is up to 100,000 people across the country are on a list waiting for an organ transplant. And unfortunately, a lot of those folks die waiting. And a big part of the problem is there's not enough people registered because if you're not registered, uh, and it's very difficult to uh, make that happen uh, when the situation arises. So that's the background of the cause. And uh, we helped them launch an initiative Thursday that's all about trying to drive men in Minnesota to register, particularly men aged 45 to 65, who, for whatever reason, uh, register to be organ donors at a lower rate than the general population. And there's lots of probably theories for that. Uh, but it's it's a fantastic effort for a lot of reasons. So we ask that you check out halfthemen.org. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely put a link for this in our, our show notes. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's some really cool things to talk about here, I think, uh, that can apply to a lot of folks in our audience. And the first is... This initiative is pretty much 100% social media based. That was part of the challenge that LifeSource came to us. Uh, they had not figured out yet how to leverage social media uh, to help with this cause, and so they wanted our help with that. So this campaign has it's utterly below the line. If we're going to use Adam's favorite <laughs> marketing terminology, there's no above the line marketing. Meaning there's no paid advertising to speak of. Correct. Right. Right. I'm missing anything? There's nothing, right? Right. Uh, so that's very unique. Uh, and, you know, I think we're very excited to find out 
how much power these tools have for something like this. Wouldn't you guys agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, these tools are perfect for um, for causes because people love to promote them in their uh, personal networks, things that they can get behind, whether it's the cancer three day or, you know, whatever. This just, this falls right into that, uh, into that category. Right. It's something yep. you automatically want to promote. You, well, yeah, hopefully. I mean, I think there's, well, there's some lessons that we're learning in this for sure mm-hmm. that I think we could share already. Uh, you know, that, that first of all, I think it's fair to say that it's easier to promote a cause like this. Well, and there is some controversy to this cause because there's a lot of myths yeah. out there about organ and tissue donation. Uh, and so it's not like everybody agrees 100%, boy, we need this. But the vast majority of the people, that's part of the problem. The vast majority of the people, when surveyed, say 80% of them say, yes, I support organ donation and I would register to be a donor, yet only roughly half do. So so there's right. some controversy, but... Uh, you know, even though this is this is cause marketing, which I think is easier than even promoting a hospital, which in most cases is nonprofit yet still a business, there's some lessons we're learning from this. And one of them, I think, goes to that point, which is, you know, everybody wants the cause they're promoting to be the cause, yet you're still fighting for space. You still have competition, as it were, with all the other great causes out there, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think about how we're using Twitter uh, Facebook, YouTube, particularly Facebook, you know, we've had to be really conscious of, uh, you know, boy, we really want to use this tool and the network uh, that of friends that we have, but we don't want to overwhelm them, right? Because you can turn people off with that, mm-hmm. with that kind of exactly. messaging. So I think we're learning how to how to do that. Uh, I think another thing that we've learned is, uh, you know, this is classic marketing, but it's part of the bias we brought to this initiative. In the past, uh, though there have been segmented efforts by LifeSource and other, there's, I think, 52 OPOs across the country. So, for example, usually it's by state, but some states have more. Like uh, LifeSource covers three states plus part of Wisconsin, but I think Illinois has a couple of OPOs. Uh, But they're all kind of independent, and they all do different things. And there have certainly been uh, segmented efforts for example, LifeSource has run campaigns targeting the African-American community where there's also uh, a lower rate of registration. But but we brought that bias to this initiative, meaning it's easier to go out there and target an audience with a message than to talk to try to talk to everybody, which is part of the reason we wanted to focus on men. Uh, and certainly we want everybody and anybody who can to register. That's not the point. It's just easier when you say, okay, we're talking to men age 45 to 65 and the people who influence them. How do we go about that? And that narrows down your thinking and makes you uh, a lot more effective, wouldn't you guys think? Right. And how you go out there and your messaging and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, so that's one thing. Uh, another one I think, uh, we've learned and, and wouldn't you guys agree that, that, you know, we've been talking about social media for, well, for the majority of 2009 in a significant way, this is probably the most significant effort any of our clients have undertaken in regards to social media. Wouldn't you say that's fair? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Un- without yep. a question. Un- yep. I mean, we've advised clients on using Twitter or Facebook. Uh, most of them aren't doing either. In significant ways, as we all know, the rate of adoption for those is pretty slow with hospitals and health systems, but they're getting there. 
but boy, LifeSource dove in, you know, headfirst and, and really wanted to explore all the different ways that you could take advantage of this or leverage it, try mm-hmm. to get your message out. But we still kind of, you know, just like targeting a certain segment, we fell back to some typical marketing tenets. Another one would be, we still felt like there had to be a big idea. There still had to be a cohesive campaign theme uh, that put all this uh, in an easy to understand shell, bucket, whatever you want to call it, which is half the men, right? For half, about half this initiative, we were playing around with social media you know, in the planning stage and didn't really have that and realize it was missing that connector on mm-hmm. our end. I don't know if the client was, was privy to those conversations, but when we were concepting, wouldn't you say that's something that we, we pretty much landed on that, hey, we still have to make this seem simple and clear and, and give some reason behind it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are being way too agreeable. <laughs> Do you want us to argue with you? No, 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 no. You're wrong. No, I just want I want I want you guys to give some more feedback. So so I'll try to ask non yes no questions. How about that? It's not fair on my end to just say yes or no. What do you think? So so that's another thing, and then and then another one I think that we're still we're still playing around with because this is as much an experiment for Life Source as it is anything because we're not none of us are sure. Uh, what our rate of registration will be at the end of this initiative. Mm-hmm. We hope it'll move the number of men who have registered up to 50%. That's where the half the men comes from, that we would like them to 50% of the men in Minnesota uh, to be registered. But it's a pretty huge goal when right. you actually consider the numbers of people that we would have to get registered in a two-month period. Uh, but that's another example of, of giving it a timetable. Uh, because this is a focused initiative that's requiring staff time, uh, communications planning, uh, all types of things. And it's not an open-ended type of deal, though they will take a lot of what they've learned and apply it open-ended to social media, just like a normal above-the-line campaign. This has a beginning and an end. Right. But but what I was going to mention was uh, kind of the balance between the organic nature of social media, which we, we really want to stay true to, uh, and planning communications, that it's mm-hmm. not one or the other. Uh, you know, if it's a typical campaign, you're typically planning everything. And there might be conversations going on that you try to tap into, but you're planning the launch of advertising, you're planning media pitches, you're planning events, all of that. Uh, I think when we started with this social media uh, we were really, really hoping to rely more on organic conversations, which you would hope would happen. Uh, but over time, we honed our thinking into saying, well, look, we've got to plan some of this. We have mm-hmm. to make sure that we're all being coherent. We're being as consistent as we can be. Uh, and, and and I think we're learning what that balance is. Wouldn't you guys agree with that? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Is there any any feedback you guys would like to give to those thoughts? <laughs> How about that? Well, no, I mean, I just think that the campaign's done a great job of, I mean, even though there was a little planting going on, I mean, it's it's really taken off. They're, what did they, how many fans did they start with on Facebook? And now they're at close to 200. Right. We like to say they've they've raised their fans. I think the initially we like to say they tripled their Facebook fans in 24 hours, but that's because they went from 44 to 100. <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah. which is tripling but you know it's small numbers to start with but clearly 200 is better than it's still way better than 40 and 
because mm-hmm. all the extra 160 folks all have their own network. So really, even though you're expo- you've only got 160 more fans, which is good, their networks, whatever that would be, is exponential. Mm-hmm. So, right. And we just started this. I, I would hope that we get up to double what we're at, even more, maybe closer to 500,000, somewhere in there in fans. Who knows? But Right. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, even when, you know, we spread it in our own, um, off of our own profile in our home feeds. I mean, I was kind of amazed how many people I knew became fans just based on those posts. It's cool. It's cool to yeah. see. Yep. And, you know, the one thing, well, we really ask you to check it out just to kind of see what we're doing and definitely check out the videos, right? Because those are humorous. <laughs> yeah, check them out. They're funny. <laughs> We haven't got any negative feedback on the videos. Have you guys heard anything? I have not. In fact, I've I've heard nothing but uh, nothing but good feedback. I was a little bit. I mean, obviously, we just started too. There's still plenty of time for some uh, for some negative feedback to come in because some of them are a little. Well, at least one of them is a little edgy. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I've been surprised that there was nothing right off the bat. That's good. I mean, well, people, people, nothing. I mean, none of it's that bad. No, it's it's not. It, you could see how the one that we're and we're not going to give it away, but uh, it's called Pesky Belts. That's the video, and you could see how some people might. I suppose they could be offended. There have definitely been. I've shown it to people, uh, and I would say about half laughed out loud, half kind of smiled. Or that's that's a hundred percent. Half <laughs> laughed out loud, a quarter smiled, and a quarter kind of were uncomfortable. Turned uh, red, which is. <laughs> Yeah, they're just kind of unsure what to do with it, which is okay. You know, it's okay if people get uncomfortable because they should be, you know, and that's what I told right. uh, one of the client um, people we've been working with where they're, I mean, they're used to this kind of stuff and they're, you know, kudos to them for taking a little bit of a risk, both in really diving into social media like this and also going with some videos that they know could make some people uncomfortable because, boy, if you're uncomfortable by something like that, you just want to get a hold of somebody and say, people die because there's not enough registered organ donors. So if you're going to get upset, get upset about that. Right. Not about this these exactly. silly videos that really are nothing nobody's ever seen. You know, everybody's seen something like this before. We're just putting it in a humorous light. Mm-hmm. So kind of get your priorities straight. And, and that's why I don't think we'll hear people get outraged. But, you know, they might get some letters or emails or... Uh, you know, as a man, because these are making fun of men, I don't take offense to the fact that they're making fun of us. I mean, it's all stuff you see all the time. Right. I think most most men are going to chuckle at these things. It's pretty hard to, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I think it's pretty hard to offend a dude. Right. A I've dude. seen mostly chuckles from men. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty funny. All right, so check it out, halfthemen.org. Or if you're on Facebook, try to locate the Donate Life MN fan page. Uh, We'll put links to these. Right. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I got to let you contribute somehow. I'm I'm hogging all the airspace once again. Okay. That's the last statement I'll make. Okay, no. Let's uh, let's talk about something that Adam brought to the table, and then if we have time, we'll go to one more thing. But Adam, why don't you introduce the uh, the article that you posted for us to look at? A great article from um, a designer by the name of Andy 
Rutledge. Uh, he's got a blog, which is andyrutledge.com. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. But uh, article that he just posted today um, that uh, is about RFPs. And it's uh, I love the article. I know all, we, all, we all love the article because it just perfectly sums up um, our take on requests for proposals, RFPs, um, as well. So I'll just read you the uh, intro paragraph here and then one other small quote from later in the article, um, which really kind of sums it up. So here's, here's his intro. Gentlemen do not associate with the kind of woman who delights in compelling men to fight each other to win her attentions. Everyone knows that her choice is not based on actual suitability and mutual respect, but rather on sheer competitive success in the arena shaped by her wanton ego. Such women are relegated to randy brutes, not gentlemen suitors. Respectable members of the community have, a, have slight regard and particular names for this sort of woman. Wow. <laughs> you have a total radio voice, Adam. It's well, like... I did work in radio. Um, <laughs> I grew up in radio, actually. So the other quote that's, that's great that kind of comes off of that one. Okay, I lost it. Now where did it go? Oh, I got it. Do, do, you want me to read it? Do, do, do. Yep, go for it. <laughs> it says, while RFPs have their proper place, a search for the right design agency, which could be applied to any creative agency, I think, that's my little input, mm-hmm. is not one of them. If you habitually employ RFPs as a starting point for your company's web projects or any creative project, think about the scenario at the start of this article. In your quest, find a suitable partner. I suge- In your quest to find a suitable partner, I suggest that you stop thinking like effect feckless floozy and start behaving like a responsible business person now i do not have a radio voice you just found out why that was the quote wasn't it (laughs) yes yep that was it yeah the article does a good job first of all of balancing that you know rfps aren't all evil that there's roles for them but they're best for commodities where you can do apples to apples to apples to apples uh which in a service consulting arena is so difficult to do right Mm-hmm. Right. Design marketing services are not commodities. Maybe they are to some people, but uh, right. they shouldn't be. No, they shouldn't be. But I think that's a sign right there if you think of them as a commodity. Now, you could say they're a commodity in the sense that they're a dime a dozen, which they are. You could, you could you know, throw a rock through the Twin Cities and hit about 20 ad agencies, you know, no matter which <laughs> way you turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty of us out there. But the point is, if you're really serious about what you're trying to do, you need to find the right fit. And the RFP process rarely leads to the right fit. It more typically leads to, like you know, like the illusion at the, the top of that article, a comp- you know, whoever competes the best wins. Right. right. And we always hear so much from from clients or or business owners that you know they're wowed by these things that you roll your eyes at. They're wowed by size. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like a giant team, uh, they're wowed by presentation skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're wowed by all this stuff, and then and then later on, they're like, you know, they they really showed us this great team, and then we never work with them. Right. Or this one woman came in and she was a genius, but then she never worked on our account. Or it, it's these typical things that you hear over and over, and you just go, well, then why do people call, you know keep falling for them? Well, it, it's just the way of the world. It's perception over reality. We get that. I mean, and we don't mean to. You know, we fall into these traps, and and we're not trying to say big agencies are bad or anything like that. It's just 
it's just pointing out that this process rarely leads to the best fit. It almost always, not almost always, but often leads to inappropriate. Right. Inappropriate right. floosiness. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is hard for someone like us to say, right? I mean, it's always hard for, because we're always on the receiving end of it. So, of course, it probably comes off like we're disgruntled or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's why we don't participate in RFPs, because we just don't believe in the process. And uh, folks who know us, folks who get to know us, we build relationships usually with people before they hire us. They know what they want. They know who they want to do it with. Uh, and they are qualifying people beforehand. And we're doing the same thing. Uh, and we're very careful to qualify our clients to make sure that they're the right fit for us too, which yep. is hard to do right. in an RFP process. So. Anyway, I thought that was a thanks for bringing that that up. That was yeah, it was an interesting way to put it. It's a great article. I've never been. I mean, every single you know, sometimes I I get like halfway through an article like this, and I just kind of loses my attention, and I go on to the next thing. But you know, with his with his everything that he writes, and he doesn't put stuff out often. It's like every couple of weeks. It's he's just a, he's a great writer, um, great blog to follow, um, good advice. So. If you follow blogs, I would recommend following that one. Blog chaser. <laughs> what did you what did you call me? <laughs> Lattice climber. <laughs> Mouth breather. <laughs> These are all Bugs Bunny quotes. Mouth breather. Mouth That's <laughs> as offensive. As opposed to a, a what nose breather? A nose breather. Most people breathe out of their nose and people like me who breathe well, out of their mouth. I have allergies. I have, I have to be a mouth breather. Lattice Climber is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so one more thing before we sign off, and we won't talk about this. How about we just throw this out there as a homework for people listening if they actually want to do anything. Uh, Go check out the – we wrote a blog post, so you can read about this on our blog. The title of the blog post is Looking Under the Rug, What Insures Pay Providers Now Public in Minnesota. And it was triggered by a Star Tribune article about a new – website www.mnhealthscores.org where you can find for oh, 103 medical procedures what 110 providers across Minnesota are reimbursed at by insurers so in other words strep throat culture you can i don't know if that's on there i think one of them they gave was wart removal so you can find out uh, what your provider gets paid on average by the insurance company for wart removal. Uh, and so it's it's really transparency at a level we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen attempts at websites trying to show you pricing that hospitals charge, which you would assume is what you really care about. But knowing what they're reimbursed for, I think, is is like lifting up the rug and looking underneath or turning over a rock and seeing all the creepy crawlies underneath it. Because people will be astounded at the variance uh, that the same procedure, you know, they give an example of a colonoscopy at Olmstead Medical Center in Rochester costing $1,354. So that's how much money Olmstead gets from insurers for that. Uh, Hennepin County gets 402 bucks for the same procedure. Now that's a direct wow. effect on what they're going to turn around and charge you or what you'll be charged through your insurance. Mm-hmm. And the reasons behind this, there's a great comment in the blog post, so read that too. Uh, the reasons why this happened are mystic. It's very hard for people even in the industry to figure out why things like that occur. 
and, and that's part of the problem. And the first step may be showing people how ridiculous it is that a procedure at place A is three times as expensive at place B for no other reason than what? Negotiation power, uh, who knows? There's legitimate reasons, but we don't know what they are. So anyway, read what we're asking is read the blog post, read the article in Star Tribune, try to check out mnhealthscores.org. I spent time on it Friday and couldn't get anywhere because it was very, very clunky. Uh, So hopefully they're getting that fixed, but try to go in there and see if you can compare some things. And then let us know, either as comments to this uh, podcast posting or to the blog post, what you think the impact of something like this could be, particularly if it was particularly if it was extended across other states, across more procedures, across more providers. If this was some kind of universal information, could this really change the equation of how people shop for care? Will it apply pressure to either providers and or payers to change how they reimburse? Uh, those are the questions that are kind of out there. Mm-hmm. Did either of you guys try to go to that site and check it out? Uh, I have not been there yet, but I'll have to get my butt over there. Yeah, it's there's a there's a quality section of it too, which I haven't looked at yet. Uh, but but the pricing part is the new one, and you know I tried to pull up a procedure and it was loading for literally the twenty minutes it took me to write the blog post, <laughs> and, I, and I never went back. So hopefully they're fixing that. I'm sure I'm sure they got overwhelmed given the press, but. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll leave that maybe till next time and we can come back and dig in depth and see if, if folks give us more feedback and you two can go look at it and I'll try to look at it again and we'll see if and how this might help us as consumers and what impact that might have for those in our audience. Sound good? Sounds good. Cool. Works for me. And maybe one or many of us will have uh, state fair stories to share. <laughs> oh, we will. Yes. Excellent. Some kind of new food on a stick. That's our assignment. That's our assignment. We just have to try yeah. some new kind of food on a stick. We'll get. Some, I, I want to try soup on a stick. We'll that take photos. Very fascinating to me. We'll get some photos in the show notes in the next one. We should try to do healthcare on a stick. That could be a new packaging idea for us. How cute! Marketing planning on a stick. Be like a tongue depressor. <laughs> exactly. Something. <laughs> ad ad campaigns on a stick. We'll see how we can work that. All right. So for Healthcare Marketing Insights, this is Chris Bevelo. Adam Meyer. Jackie Ritacco. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.